Group of Five Live is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football Conference Call podcast listeners. Here's what you do. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. Talking about the American, yeah. C U S A, yeah. Mac, Mac, yeah. Mountain West, yeah. And the Sun Belt, oh yeah. Group of five, group of five live. 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 of five live is part of the landry football network my name is chris mykoski and we have reached conference championship week we'll get to predictions on those games at the end of the show as austin thomas mykoski my sidekick gives you his selections And I could go on another rant to begin the show about rankings. Did that last week. Topic just continues to get more and more frustrating as Iowa State now finds itself a couple of upsets away from getting into the playoff (laughs) while Coastal Carolina is so far out of it, it's just incredibly, incredibly frustrating. But we've done that rant. It's complete. No sense in rehashing all of it, except to say Gary Barda and the College Football Playoff Committee just continue to talk out both sides of their face, making the narrative fit in any way they can to help just making it up as they go along claiming that Iowa state's wins, you know, they don't worry about the losses as much as they care about the quality wins basically. And Iowa state has wins over the teams. They believe are the number 20 ranked team in the country, Texas, and the number 10 ranked team in the country, Oklahoma, but they also have, a loss to the Raging Cajuns and a loss to Oklahoma State. Coastal Carolina, no losses with wins over the number 17 ranked BYU Cougars and number 19 ranked Raging Cajuns. I just don't get the logic at all. But again, they're making it bend every which way. So. They don't need to include a group of five team. 
and I, I, you know, I should be biased towards Cincinnati. The fact that I'm getting my masters from there, but I just, I don't get Cincinnati being higher than coastal either. Coastal's resume is much more impressive. Coastal should be in line to be the group of five team in a new year, six bowl. If the shots can beat the Cajuns again this weekend, my piece, but my rant that I really <laughs> wanted to go on today, a little bit more topical to the week because we ended our last show talking about how this was going to be a very weird college football weekend in that we would have regular season games, conference championship games, and a bowl game all played on the same weekend. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl was supposed to begin bowl season this coming Saturday. It's been canceled. SMU and UTSA accepted bids. We're set to play Saturday afternoon at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, which is only about 10 minutes from my front door. Of course, initially, I had zero understanding of why this game was scheduled for December 19th. It should have been played post-Jan 1, had a window there between New Year's Day bowl games and the college football playoff championship. Plenty of real estate there to play another college game. Would have made much more sense than trying to play it opposite conference championship games where even the casual football fan would have zero interest in it. That's kind of the great thing about a lot of these bowl games that feature group of five teams. It's generally the only college football game on television. So even if you don't care about the teams, you don't care about the matchup, it's college football and you're going to watch the Frisco bowl didn't have that advantage. So strike against that in the first place. But once that decision was made to play on December 19, you do everything you can to get the game in. SMU had to opt out. The Mustangs had COVID issues. They knew that it was widely reported on Sunday that SMU was going to have to pull out. Monday, official announcement is made that the Mustangs are out. But instead of grabbing a replacement, they just canceled the game. UTSA, for what it's worth, it ended up working out pretty well for the Roadrunners. They get bumped to the first responder bowl, which, according to reports out of San Antonio, will pit UTSA against a Big 12 opponent. And it's a ball game that'll be on ABC. Not opposite a conference championship game, not on ESPN2. It's a much better place for UTSA. They are happy. I tell you who's not. Everybody who worked to make the Frisco Bowl happen. ESPN Events owns this game. 
So ultimately it was their decision. But of course, I, I don't understand even to begin with how this was in ESPN's best interest because they've sold the ads for this game. They've sold the naming rights to this game. Tropical Smoothie Cafe paid big bucks. I don't frequent that establishment, but I'd imagine at least all the Dallas-Fort Worth area locations, if not all their locations nationwide, they have signage, they have cups, they have napkins, they have whatever, as is the case for a restaurant that sponsors a bowl game, with the bowl game logo promoting, watch it on ESPN2 on this day, on December 19th. I'm surprised that ESPN would not want to keep that ad revenue for the spots in the game, for the corporate sponsorship, for the signage that would be located at the field level that you'd see on TV. Of course, you don't get the ticket sales this year in big numbers. They were selling, they had a very aggressive local radio campaign selling Frisco Bowl tickets. So refund those, probably wasn't a huge number, but refund those. But then you think about everybody else in a bowl game host city that works their tails off to get ready for that game every year. A little less involved this season, of course. It's basically just a football game this year in all these cases. There's not a parade. There's not a banquet. There's not a community service activity. There's much less going on. It's teams basically coming in, going to their hotel, going to a walkthrough, back to their hotel, and playing the game the next day. It's very, very much simplified. But still, you have hotel deals. You have a lot of other little, the gift bags, the, there's so many little details and that falls on people in the host city. And it's also the exposure for the city. It's, there's a reason that the city of Frisco and its CVB, and I imagine corporate backers in the city have put money behind this game and put their time to get ready for this game because they want that Frisco name out there to the country for three hours. They want that Frisco bowl logo at midfield. And you can't tell me that ESPN couldn't have called up any one of these other teams who right now, it looks like they're not going to be going to a bowl. You couldn't call them on Monday, or even in this case, you probably could have called them Sunday since you started getting word that SMU was going to have to pull out and invite a different team. San Diego State comes to mind. Mountain West tie-ins left the Aztecs on the outside looking in. They lost a tiebreaker to Hawaii 
And ultimately, the Warriors got a bid, got the last Mountain West bowl bid. And they're going, they're actually, the irony of it all, they're, they're coming to Frisco for the relocated New Mexico Bowl. But San Diego State, you call them up Sunday or Monday, they thought their dreams of postseason were crushed. They're going to get ready to go. They're going to be able to play on Saturday against UTSA. And there's other choices too, obviously. Plenty of teams who thought they weren't going to get into a bowl game. You make it happen. You play the game. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had Coastal Carolina and BYU finalizing a matchup on Thursday and playing that on Saturday. You had this news on Sunday and you couldn't figure it out. You couldn't call another school up. I just don't get it. I'm, I'm mad for the people in Frisco who wanted the spotlight. This is, that, this is my home bowl. So that adds to it, because I, I know a bunch of the people who are involved, but it, it wouldn't really matter if, regardless, there's going to be bowl games called off this year at the last minute. I understand that. That's going to come down the line. In this case, it didn't have to happen. In this case, when you're almost a week out, when you have a lot of teams you could have chosen from who have not shut things down yet or who have just had things shut down for a day, they can ramp back up. They would have gladly ramp back up. We should have Saturday in Frisco, UTSA versus San Diego State or UTSA versus any number of other teams. No reason it shouldn't have happened. We know the Tulsa Golden Hurricane are going bowling. We'll get into where they could potentially end up in the postseason, but that may be determined by the result of this weekend's game as the Golden Hurricane face Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference Championship game, a matchup that was supposed to happen in the regular season a couple of times. It's finally happening in the conference championship game. Bruce Howard, the voice of the Golden Hurricane, is our guest this week on Group of Five Live. Bruce, we taped our first interview on October 16th, and then a couple of hours later, the game against Cincinnati was postponed. We were scheduled to talk last week, and then that game got canceled. <laughs> so finally, here we are, and hopefully Tulsa and Cincinnati will actually play this weekend. We're taping this on Tuesday night. <laughs> what is your level of optimism this week's game gets played? Well, I, I'm pretty optimistic the game will be played, but I, I will say this, Chris, you need to keep the old tape. Maybe it'll be one of those lost episodes like the Honeymooners <laughs> had a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, that never hit the air, did it? So um, but I, I think the game will be played um, because Cincinnati hasn't played in, what, 20-some-odd days or 
Very long uh, time. 27, 28 days. I think they want to play. I think they're probably healthy. You know, who knows? But, um, you know, they, they canceled last week's game um, because of COVID. Hopefully they've gotten all, you know, all of that straightened out. So, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a big game for them because it would solidify their situation as far as being the Access Bowl winner. And they do have that little outside chance of maybe being in the playoffs. I mean, they're number six right now. They could, they could with a certain win or loss there, they, they might be considered for the, for the four. So I think, I think it's, it's in their best interest to play. This is going to be released very early Wednesday morning. So not enough time for anybody to put out announcements about a game being postponed or canceled. We're going to make sure this one hits the air. Uh, (laughs) Tulsa, uh, as of the latest CFP rankings at 23, Cincinnati's nine. Let's go back in time. Let's flip that result for Tulsa against Oklahoma State, who was ranked 11th at the time. If that happens, are we talking about Tulsa being the top group of five team in the rankings right now? They'd be close. And I think it'd be them and Cincinnati shoulder to shoulder, you know, at that point, because Tulsa hasn't played Cincinnati yet. So I think you'd have a, you'd have a lot of interest in that game for sure. Um, And if Tulsa was able to knock off Oklahoma state, they also uh, they beat two other ranked teams Mm -hmm. uh, during the course of, of the season. So they'd have three top 20 wins uh, plus playing Cincinnati, who's in the top 10. So uh, I, I think clearly it would be a, a, a game, certainly for the Access Bowl, it had Tulsa won against uh, Oklahoma State, and, and with the possibility of maybe making, making a push toward, the, toward a playoff, which, you know, when, when you thought about things at the beginning of the year, um, I, I, you know, I certainly wasn't thinking Tulsa going to the playoffs or even to the Access Bowl. You know, you're just looking to see improvement from the team and see how the team was going to navigate all of this, all of this, what has been 2020, you know, yeah, and they've and, done a and, really remarkable job. And, and just to piggyback off that, Tulsa was picked to finish ninth in the American preseason poll. Now I know, you know, like you said, you, that wasn't your ex, your expectation wasn't first maybe, but was it just somewhere in between there? Yeah. I think you were looking at the schedule going, you know, if they can, if they can have that, um, 500 or a little better record and have a chance to go to a bowl game. I thought, I thought that was a pretty reasonable, I don't want to say expectation, but a reasonable hope for this football team. Uh, they'd gone through three straight losing seasons. And um, you know, if Philip Montgomery isn't the coach of the year in the American athletic conference, they stop. they really need to stop giving it out because yeah. he was, you know, for, for what he has done for, for what people thought of the program coming in, he's done a remarkable job and, um, you know, it's like a basketball game I announced tonight. You go into the game, Tulsa-Wichita, fourth game for each team, first game of the league. I had no idea what to expect. No idea. And there were a lot of games this year, I think, where, uh, you know, guys going into games, and it, it, it's not just Tulsa, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of announcers, I'm sure, went into games going, I have no idea. I mean, that's the beauty of sport, but you had less of an idea this year as to what to expect, I think, than any other year. No, no doubt. And, you know, what Tulsa has been able to accomplish so far is obviously even more remarkable because of the stop and start nature, the late start for Tulsa. The reason that Oklahoma State game was pushed back is you guys had a late beginning, didn't get all those practices under your belt. So I had to push that game back a week. And then eight games end up being affected, postponed or canceled throughout the course of the year. So what has impressed you most about how coach Montgomery navigated it all? 
Well, the, the ability to pivot uh, when a game gets canceled on a Wednesday or Thursday, try to use those extra days to, okay, now we got to get ready for SMU. Now we've got to pivot. Uh, I think they've done a pretty good job of that. I, I, I think all coaches probably go into a season such as this going, okay, there are certain things we can't control. And that was one thing that, that you couldn't control. And, but coach was really good at getting that message to his players. Sure. They're disappointed when the game gets canceled on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Uh, but I think the coach, not kind of going crazy, you know, the coach, not getting all upset and making statements and, you know, yada, yada. Instead, he's like, this is what it is. We're going to pivot. We may even take a day off, but on Thursday, we're going to get ready for SMU. And, you know, you're going to have this day off and on Saturday we'll really start preparing. So I think, I think the ability to pivot, and do it in such a way that didn't alarm everybody, I think was really important. And, and, and Coach Montgomery and his staff should really get a whole lot of credit for doing that. The spotlight player that we looked at last time we talked, again, the interview that's uh, should be on the exclusive paid <laughs> stream, I suppose, but uh, the lost archive, uh, Zaven Collins. And now his legend has really even grown since when we talked about him in mid-October. He's a finalist for the Bronco Nagurski Award now. One of the best stories in college football, really, with his rise from small-town QB to becoming one of the best linebackers in the country. What's been your favorite thing that you've seen from him or heard about him over the course of the year? Well, he's all that in a bag of chips. Um, the the most favorite thing about Zaven Collins is, is what a good kid he is. I mean, what a good human being he is. Um, smart, intelligent, friendly, uh, you know, just, just a guy that, um, you know, if, if you had a daughter, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mind him marrying your daughter. You know, I mean, he, he is just that kind of a kid, you know, a pre-med guy expects and wants to be a doctor and don't put that past him. I think, I think he'll probably accomplish that. Um, you know, and, and what you really like about him, and he, he wasn't one of these process kids that at age eight, his dad and his mom or whatever said, you know what, you're going to be a quarterback. You're going to be the best linebacker that's ever been. You know, he played baseball. He played, you know, he obviously played football and played many different positions, but he played baseball. He played basketball. He ran track. He was a gymnast really early in his career. And I think all of those things, all of those things helped him become a more well-rounded athlete. And then all of a sudden he grew into six foot four and 260 pounds. That didn't hurt. Um, but the fact that he played all of those different sports, he even talked about it. He said, you know what? Last year I scooped up a fumble uh, and I scooped it up without even coming close to dropping it. And one of the reasons is because I played shortstop, you know, and, and I took a thousand ground balls and I was able to scoop that football and, and, and do whatever he did afterward. Um, he loves that's just golf. the nature of small town kid, right? I mean, yeah. you have to play everything. Otherwise you don't have enough guys for a team, you know, and, and he loves golf. That's his new sport, him, him and a couple of his teammates, uh, Seth Boomer, who is the backup quarterback. And I don't know if Seth can play golf right now because he tore up his knee uh, and Zach Smith, the quarterback, they're best of friends. And they go out and they have, I'm sure they have some great, you know, golf matches, but here's, here's another story about Zavin. A couple of weeks ago, he was scheduled to do a Zoom call as part of our, part of our weekly press conference, and he uh, he he texts the SID, uh, Director of Media Relations at Tulsa, Don Tomkowski, and says, "Hey, I, I'm going to be just a little bit late, and I'm really sorry. It's deer season, 
It was the second day of deer season, <laughs> and he was out in the middle of nature trying to get that buck. He got an eight, I think he got an eight-point buck that day, uh, and and just took a little bit too much time. Yeah. And but but I mean, it wasn't. He, he didn't blow it off. You know, I mean, he, he texted our SID and said, I'm going to be maybe 10 or 15 minutes late because it's the second day of deer season out in Hominy, Oklahoma. And he got, and of course, as you might expect from Zaven Collins, he got his buck. He got the eight point buck. And, you know, you can probably see the picture somewhere, but um, what, you know, I mean, just, just as well-rounded an individual as I've ever seen in terms of a student athlete on the football field. He probably has some similar stories to my younger brother who would often go duck hunting before class and had a deal with the principal that he could leave his ducks in the principal's freezer so long as he got to take one home too. So I'm sure that probably came up a time or two (laughs) for Zavin in high school. Um, And, you know, I was living in a much bigger city, but just able to get out just far enough. Yeah. Yeah. To get get that done before class. The great thing is he's so well-rounded. He's such a good kid and he's a great football player. I mean, and he has made yeah. some unbelievable plays this year, some very special plays. I mean, we call it the pick 96, the interception right. that he had, you know, in the Tulane game, you know, where he takes it 96 back uh, to end the game in overtime. I mean, goodness gracious, you can't have a, a more spectacular play than something like that. I was actually looking back at that today uh, in anticipation of our visit and her Dan Patrick using your call of that uh of that moment yeah his, as his play of the week yeah and i remember <laughs> i remember when they talked about it they said you know what are what are all the cliches that play-by-play guys use you know and, and i <clears throat> i think i said something like are you kidding me and i don't use that very often you know it's like <laughs> they kind of they kind of gig me a little bit with the with the you know hey that, you know are you kidding me that's something everybody uses i'm like oh, i don't use it really <laughs> to be honest with you i just happened that's what spilled yeah. out on my mouth at the time you know and so uh it was appropriate anyway, it was, it, but it was you know it was and, and you've done play-by-play and i and I, I don't mean to get into semantics here but as he was running down the field a lot of guys would say he's gonna take it all the way and right. i try to avoid that as much as possible because that's the predictive tense and i said he could take it all the way and I mean, yeah. you don't know if he's going to cram. Ten yards ahead of the next defender, you know, that kind of right, thing. Right, right. Distant, yeah. you know, social distancing. That would have been a better <laughs> one. But, but he, uh, but, you know, he, he was clearly going to score. But, I, you know, who knows? He could cramp up. He could trip over his feet. He could Drop the whatever. ball before the goal line. Right. Yeah. The whole bunch of things. So, anyway, I, <clears throat> I hate to get into semantics like that. But I, I, everybody does it a little bit, that predictive sense. But I try to stay away from it. And fortunately enough, I stayed away from it on that call. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I've definitely caught myself and you know had to take it back and like, no, <laughs> I was wrong. You know, That's, um, and you and you hear it, Chris, a lot. Like in Major League Baseball game, you'll hear really good announcers say, "And he will make the catch." And I'm like, "He will." Yeah. What if he drops it? You know, no, then no. you're in trouble. So I'm trying to get away from it. That's that's a really good point. <laughs> that's uh, my that's one of my banes. That's one of my uh, one of my uh, one of the banes of my existence right now. It's the predictive sense. Yeah. Well, as far as predictive sense, uh, let's let's look at <laughs> let's look at Saturday and um, what you expect to happen in that ball game. Cincinnati's won six of the last seven against the Hurricane. You know, I don't quite understand why people think they're that much better than Tulsa, honestly, just given the body of work. I really don't understand why they're ahead of coastal Carolina. 
that that still I can't figure out. I mean, it's it's got obviously it's the name recognition, it's the long term much more than it is this season, and it's supposed to be a judge of who is the best team right now. And I I honestly would give Coastal that nod, but nonetheless, Cincinnati is playing for a spot in a New Year's Six bowl game. How does Tulsa stop that? Well, um, you know. Cincinnati is a team that when Tulsa played them originally, what was that? That I'm looking at my schedule. They were going to play them on uh, October 17th. Mm-hmm. I think at that time, Cincinnati was ranked number eight. They pretty they stayed pretty steady despite winning every single game since then. Um, and, and I thought at that time that Tulsa had a chance to win that game because Cincinnati had not gotten their offense going uh, full bore. Um, and, and I think Tulsa was really excited to play that game and, and, and Tulsa knew they had a good defense. Um, since that time, however, since October, since mid-October, you know, they've scored 42, 49, 38, 55, and 38. So they've gotten their offense going. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean Tulsa can't play a great game. Heck, they've, they've shut down UCF and SMU, uh, really good offensive teams uh, with their defense. So it's not like Tulsa can't play with the Cincinnati team, but what's, what's a little scary is they were really good defensively and they're still really good defensively. They're giving up 15 points a game. Don't know if Tulsa will be able to score a lot of points in the game. And I don't think Tulsa can afford to be down like they were to SMU 21 to nothing, even though that's kind of what Tulsa is this year. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they get behind it. If they're, if they're zero, zero or seven, nothing at the end of the first or at the end of halftime or whatever, I think they'd feel pretty good about it. Uh, I'm just not sure if Tulsa can afford to get behind three touchdowns to this good a defense. And uh, so that's kind of what, what I think about the game. Can Tulsa win? Oh yeah. I, you know, I think Tulsa has a chance to win, but Zach Smith at quarterback has to be really good and can't, can't afford to have a bad half uh, in a game such as this. And clearly this is all going to change if Tulsa beats Cincinnati this weekend, but we're looking at bowl projections. I want to know if you have a favorite, uh, college football news has the hurricane in the military bowl versus Virginia tech CBS sports. Thanks military also, but against Louisville sporting news, Birmingham versus Marshall, any of those matchups in particular excite you? Uh, no, you know, and there are so many darn predictions out there. I mean, one, one of the guys had predicted that we were going to play on the 19th in the smoothie bowl. And that was a week ago. <laughs> Yeah, and we're playing a game, by the way, on the nineteenth this Saturday against <laughs> and Cincinnati. the smoothie and the tropical smoothie Frisco Independent Frisco Bowl is no more, so uh, right. called off for this season. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I mean, you know, so I sometimes you look at those prognostications and you're like, uh, uh. I, um, I the one I've heard more often than anything else is the Birmingham Bowl, um, and uh, you know that's on the first, I believe, of January. I think the Military Bowl is the twenty eighth. Um, but I've heard more, we have heard here more Birmingham than military. Um, although Navy, I think if somebody said Navy in the military bowl and they're three and seven. So I don't know, I don't know what the rules are this year, honestly. It's wide open. There are no win minimums this season. So it's just a matter of filling out those conference tie-ins. So yeah, Navy could definitely go bowling. And Chris, one, one of the predictions was, Tulsa against 0-9 Vanderbilt in the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, I, I think Vandy's going to be one of those teams saying, eh, pick somebody else. We, <laughs> we, we don't have a head coach right now. Yeah. We haven't won a game. 
win. So and and Sarah Fuller's already said she's not playing any more football this season. So, you know, I think we're done. She's waiting for the NFL. <laughs> she's actually transferring uh, closer to me. She's uh, oh, wow. going, she's actually from, so if inside baseball, I'm, I'm, t- I live in uh, McKinney outside of Dallas. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. from Wiley, which okay. is just a few towns over to the East. And she is transferring in the fall to North Texas where maybe she'll kick again, but for now it says her football days are over. Hmm. Well, and, and, and so back to the question about the, the bowl games, yeah. um, I kind of take some of those predictions with a grain of salt when somebody's predicting an all nine team going. So right. I, I, but I, I, I think it's probably Birmingham, but if Tulsa wins, you know, you'd hope they maybe have a chance at the access bowl. They'd have to have some stuff happen. Like Louisiana would have to beat coastal and Tulsa would have to leapfrog Louisiana and right. doing that, which I, I suppose that's possible. But, yeah, um, probably not it, likely considering that uh, the Cajuns would also have that win against Iowa State under their belt. And right. Yeah, I, I don't really see that happening, unfortunately. But you're right. If, if Tulsa wins, they at least should be awarded with a, a little upgrade in, in bowl appearance. I, I you know, I, but I don't know. I, and I don't know where. Where? Right. Yeah, that exactly. would be the thing. Yeah. Exactly. So it might end up being a Birmingham bowl win or lose, or the military bowl win or lose. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think folks around here are just happy that after three losing seasons, Tulsa's going to go bowling. Oh, no bowl. doubt. No doubt. And Birmingham is actually, that'd be kind of interesting. A American champion versus CUSA champion on new year's day. I mean, that, right. that's the kind of thing they might not dream of Birmingham, but kids dream about going to a new year's day bowl game. Right. That's, that's still special. Yes, absolutely. And Tulsa, if you want a history lesson was the first team ever to go to five straight new year's day bowl games from 41 to 46. Okay. Uh, they actually were in four straight. They were in the Sun Bowl. They were in two Sugar Bowls. They were in the Orange Bowl, and then the Oil Bowl in Houston <laughs> in 1946. So anyway, little little bit of history back in the in the mid 40s. I imagine you've got plenty of that Tulsa knowledge just ingrained in your head <laughs> for as long as you've been in that chair. The voice of the Golden Hurricane since 1993, Bruce Howard. Bruce, good to talk to you for a second time this season and thankful that the people out there are finally getting to hear our conversation. Yeah, as soon as you hit record and please get it on. Thanks to Bruce for joining me. Third time that we've tried to do this, like I mentioned, we actually, you are getting giggly before even getting introduced. We actually, again, taped that initial interview and had to cut it then had another interview canceled but hopefully this time Cincinnati and Tulsa finally played that giggly kid you hear it's our weekly guest for picks with the preschooler Austin Thomas Mykoski the four and a half year old will make choices and it's conference championship week are you still four and a half I'm four and three quarters. Four, four and three quarters? When did that happen? Um, um, on December 11th, 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I always like to make note of this. We are sponsored. The show is by American betting experts, but Austin does not pick against the spread. He goes straight up. We do not have point spreads available for the four and a half year old we have them available but he doesn't know what they mean okay so 
Cincinnati is a 14 and a half point favorite against Tulsa. This is the American Conference Championship game, seven o'clock Central, eight o'clock Eastern, Saturday night on ABC. We're not picking these games in gibberish. We're going to actually say the school's name. So, Austin, Tulsa or Cincinnati? Tulsa! Tulsa to pull the upset against the Bearcats. But Cincinnati is where Daddy goes to grad school. And you would pick against them? Okay. All right, let's go back to Friday. Conference USA Championship game, UAB at Marshall. Marshall is a five and a half point favorite at home in Huntington, West Virginia. That game is seven Eastern, six Central, Friday night on CBS Sports Network. Austin, no more gibberish, please. UAB or Marshall? UAB! Another upset pick. Also on Friday night, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central Time in Detroit. Ball Ball State and Buffalo. Very good. Ball State against Buffalo. Buffalo. Can you stop pushing against the desk, please? You're going to knock everything over. Buffalo is a 13-point favorite. That game is on ESPN. Cardinals and Bulls. So you're picking Buffalo? I am picking Buffalo. Okay, went with a favorite finally in one of these games. Okay, back to Saturday. Two more conference championship games to pick, Austin. 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central Time, Saturday afternoon on ESPN. Let me introduce the game first. The Raging Cajuns against the Chanticleers for the Sun Belt title. That game is in Conway, and Coastal is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Coastal Carolina is your pick? Yes. Okay. And in the Mountain West, this game is in Las Vegas. Saturday, 4.15 Eastern, 3.15 Central on Fox, Boise State, and San Jose State. Austin, Boise State is a seven-point underdog. But again, we don't pick against the points here. Boise State or San Jose State? San Jose. I like San Jose in this one, too. I'm with you. I think that's a big number. I would even, you know, they're getting seven points, and I like them to actually win the game. Austin, thank you. Hey, next week... We're going to pick bowl games. Sound good? Sounds good. Do you want to pick one right now, or do you want to wait for all of them until next week? Let's wait for all no, of them. Let's do one, because I don't think we're going, to t- we're going to do another show in time for Monday. So let's go ahead and pick the Myrtle Beach Bowl, okay? That is Monday, 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central on ESPN. App State and North Texas. Texas. Going with the mean green, the four and five mean green. Can I watch it? I imagine it'd be an upset. You always want to watch the show after we tape it. Why is that? I don't know. All right. Can we sing the theme song before we leave? Um, group of five, the group of...
a Grandpa Five live game. <laughs> what was today, by the way? What special day was today? Your birthday. And how old did I turn? Forty-two. Very good. But your voice is a little bit deeper. My voice got deep when I was in junior high, and it hasn't changed. But wait. No. Yeah. All right, Austin. Do you remember? I watch it. Yes. Do you remember what network Group of Five Live is a part of? Landry Football. Very good. You've been paying attention. Subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get podcasts. And we will recap the conference championship games next week, as well as look ahead to the first week of bowl matchups. Austin and I will talk to you then. There we go. Can I watch it? Don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offer from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts.